Hey there, everybody. This is another special episode in our Build 2019 series. This is episode 220, and we sit down with Craig Lowen to talk about WSL2 and the new terminal. And Craig tells us about the Easter egg in the new terminal video. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. Check it out today at raygun.com. So we just sat down with Craig Lowen, Program Manager for the Windows Subsystem for Linux. How's it going, Craig? Good. Good morning. It's good to be here. Yeah, we were talking to uh, Rich Turner on the show floor yesterday, and he mentioned your name. He said you were the WSL2 guy. That's correct. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we uh, that we talked to you. So um, it's called WSL2, and, um, and and I think that's the sort of the official name that we're allowed to use uh, when distinguishing between WSL1 and WSL2, correct? Yeah, that's co- totally correct. Okay. So why, why is there a WSL2? Couldn't we have just made the first Windows subsystem for Linux better? Right. So to kind of explain why WSL2 is a thing compared to WSL1, um, we need to explain a little bit of the architecture for WSL1. So you have actual Linux user space binaries. And those call into the Windows subsystem for Linux using system calls to access things like memory, network, files, etc. And we translate those system calls from something that Linux understands to something that Windows understands uh, and pass those to the actual Windows NT kernel. The Windows NT kernel passes data back and we send that back to the Linux user space binaries. And so that's WSL1, and it's basically a translation layer. Right. It sounds sort of imperfect. Like, as a, as a programmer, like, my spidey senses are tingling, like, hey, there's <laughs> going to be some weird things every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. And there's some things that work, um, you know, one way in Linux that work a completely different way mm-hmm. inside of Windows. And so a lot of the times this can result in difficulties to really map the behavior um, between Linux and Windows. And so that's... That's something that's awesome and that we really liked uh, implementing, but we found it challenging to implement full system call compatibility because we would have to implement all the layers, uh, the implement all of those system calls in that translation layer. And uh, Linux is something that's constantly evolving. We don't want people to have to lag behind and wait for us to push out changes. That's we want point. people to have it. So does that mean there's like a certain level of compatibility that like WSL had for like the total amount of calls that like it was never going to get to 100% then? Yeah, it would be hard because we would have to basically implement any anytime the Linux kernel updated, we would have to implement those changes inside of WSL. And so we figured what's the best way to emulate something is to actually run it. So <laughs> that's why we moved over to WSL2. And so we significantly changed the underlying architecture. Um, and basically, the user experience will be the same. Uh, it should feel the exact same as running WSL1. But we needed a way to differentiate between WSL1 and WSL2. Um, because in WSL2, you can do a lot more. So that means you can do uh, full system call compatibility, gives you the ability to use Docker, uh, Fuse, and a bunch of other um, really awesome tools for developers that mm-hmm. weren't possible inside of WSL1. Yeah, be- and before the show, you were mentioning that like there there was like a pile of GitHub issues of all these random like edge cases. Oh yes, and it sounds like that just all goes away now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we have um, 
issues on our GitHub page and on our user voice page saying, hey, when is Docker going to work? When is Fuse going to work? Yeah. And those are the big ones. And, and yep. you know, there's others of, hey, this specific system call that's used in my specific program, like the RR debugger, um, it doesn't work in this specific case. And we go, oh, okay, we missed that. Let's go fix it. Um, now in WSL2, it runs the full Linux kernel, an actual Linux kernel, and everything will just work. So I'm not a Linux guy, um, and a ton of, ton of things come to my head. So first of all, like you have like Ubuntu and Fedora and like uh, just a swarm of different Linuxes. Mm-hmm. And is the kernel the same for all of them? So it's like if you want to run like Mint Linux on yours, I know you can go to the store and like get that package to have that, but is the kernel that you're providing going to work the same there as it does on like all of the other uh, variants? In general, um, yes, is the short answer for that. Uh, it gets a little complicated with different distro providers sometimes configure their kernel differently. Uh, we use the latest stable branch of the Linux kernel. We're shipping with version 4.19 uh, compiled from kernel.org. So it's the exact same source that you see on kernel.org. And so that's the version that we're shipping. But because Linux, the Linux world is in general pretty good about their system calls, mm-hmm. it will support the exact same uh, user experiences that you would inside of Ubuntu. So the really power Linux users will notice that, uh, oh, this is something that Microsoft is making and, and distributing. So it will be different than the actual kernel that you might get when you install Ubuntu, for example. Um, but overall, the experience will be the same. All right. So in the previous WSL, I was able to enable WSL in the Windows settings. And then I could go out to the, to the Microsoft store and, and download my, my variant of choice. And WSL two is, is that the same workflow for getting it set up or are things are slightly different because the underpinnings have changed? Yeah. So everything's exactly the same. Um, it, you go to the store, you grab the whatever distro you want. Um, you need to enable some optional features, uh, to get it working. The only difference that we have in the initial preview that we're rolling out is you'll need to upgrade a distro from uh, using WSL1 on the back end to using WSL2. So that's really easy. You can just type in WSL dash dash set dash version and then the distro name, so like Ubuntu or Alpine or Penguin um, and then two. And then I'll update it. And then you can move it back down if you like back to WSL1. Oh, so this isn't just a one-way street here. You can actually have both variants yep. of Windows subsystem for Linux mm. and swap between them. Yeah. So distros can either run backed by a WSL1 uh, like instance or WSL2 instance. So you can have them side by side if you want. Um, you mm. can have multiple distros um, running either or with uh, WSL1 or WSL2 on the back end. Okay, so how the heck did you do this? Like, how did, <laughs> like, I always thought like you could only run one kernel. How how are you running two? That's uh, it's a good question. So actually, um, if you wanted to run multiple kernels, you'd have to run multiple virtual machines, right? right. And I, I've said the word virtual machine. I've said the word virtualization. I want to be really clear. That's a scary word <laughs> for developers. Yeah, it means a whole bunch of things on top of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, it's scary because you think, oh, this will take a long time to boot. This is isolated. Um, it uses so much resources. And and I really want to be clear that WSL2 is not that experience at all. It's the exact same experience as in WSL1. So um, going through what we think of when we think of a VM, you think of slow time to boot, like tens of seconds or a minute. WSL2 boots in one second. One second? Um, yeah, on my Surface laptop. Yep. So there's magic there. 
<laughs> well, we, yes. <laughs> we'll call it magic. Short answer. And uh, we, we, we worked really closely um, with partner teams in Microsoft um, to help make this experience possible. Um, it's the same team that does the Linux container on Windows um, to make that experience possible. We work with them to help make uh, the WSL2 work. And so, uh, yeah, virtualization, you think it's long? It's one second. It's not resource uh, heavy. It actually does not use um, idle, like a lot of idle CPU mm-hmm. percentage um, and a very small amount of memory. And it will expand and shrink your memory usage as you use your Linux apps. Okay. So when I think of like Windows doing something to virtualize, you know, a process like this, I'm thinking Hyper-V, it's going to eat up a chunk of my memory. Yep. So is Hyper-V involved at all? Or are you guys create something entirely new to help you? So it does use Hyper-V in the back end. Um, it uses this uh, really cool new piece of tech called a lightweight utility VM. So have you h- ever heard of Windows Sandbox or uh, WDAG? Yep. And um, those all both use the lightweight utility VM. It was originally developed for Azure. Um, and so we use it because it's super fast uh, to boot up and it's lightweight, so it doesn't use a lot of system resources. Uh, we use a small percentage of your free memory when we start up. That's pretty cool. You normally think of um, Windows kind of running Azure, at least a variant of Windows, like underpinning all of Azure. Now here's Azure technologies coming back to support Windows. Yeah. and That's a good point. It's perfect. That's great because Azure is is an awesome, awesome space to be in. And Microsoft is making tons of investments into making Azure awesome. And the great part about that being used in WSL is that anytime there's an, a benefit that goes to Azure or work that's in Azure, we are now on the same stack and you will get those <laughs> benefits inside WSL. Absolutely. So, it, you know, I, I always worry about running something, you know, anything virtualization related, like when I'm on battery. Right. So you mentioned like low resource usage. So I, I assume that translates into like, I don't have to worry too much if I'm running WSL2 on my laptop on a battery. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. I mean, a, a classic experience is uh, you leave a terminal window open, right, while you're developing, mm-hmm. um, and and you don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So WSL2 cool. does not use a lot of CPU, like idle CPU percentage. Mm-hmm. It's not resource hungry. Um, it'll only be using the resources when you, when you're using them inside of Linux. So do I have to explicitly like enable Hyper-V then to use this or, or is it like, like in the add remove windows components, like you, you know, there's the Hyper-V, Hyper-V checkbox. Does that have to be turned on or can that be unchecked and have WSL2 still work? So you need to have the windows subsystem for Linux one checked. Okay. Um, and then you'll need to check the virtual machine platform. Option. Okay. So it's a, it's a, an option that's available on all SKUs of Windows that WSL mm-hmm. supports. So that includes Windows Home, um, okay. which is awesome. And it's basically allows for virtualization, um, because a lot more client scenarios like Windows Sandbox, for example, are using virtualization technology. Okay. That's great. That's so great. it uses Hyper-V, but you don't need to enable the actual Hyper-V, um, option when you're inside of that optional feature dialogue. Okay. Good. Yeah, and I know you briefly covered this next question, but I wanted to dive into it a bit. And I know that a lot of people on when WSL came out were really excited to do like native Docker because Docker works a little bit better in Linux. And, you know, how does WSL2 change how WSL1 didn't work with Docker? Right. So Docker is a really cool piece of tech and really awesome for developers. And it uses a lot of new system calls inside of Linux. Um, and so that is a challenge for our team, right? Because as we said, we had to implement them inside of WSL1 in that virtualization mm-hmm. layer. Um, and so now in WSL2, we run the Linux kernel, um, and we 
all of those system calls are handled by that actual Linux kernel um, that we can basically update as it updates. Um, and so Docker will run as the actual Linux environment experience of Docker. Um, and you'll be able to interact with it as well from the Windows side. So I didn't even think of this too. Like, so is Docker going to, I mean, they're going to have to update. Are they going to update then to support WSL2? Is Docker going to update? Right, right. Like the, like I installed the Docker client in Windows, right? And oh, like, yeah. If I, if I start a container today, um, I think it starts in, is it starts in Hyper-V, I think, right? But I'd rather have it start in WSL because then I'm using the lightweight, right. you know, virtual machine. So. so we're actually talking to the Docker team okay. about integrating that experience um, okay. to, to see how we can better improve uh, the Docker experience on Windows because it is an awesome way to, to yeah. use it. Yeah, because I'm thinking, I'm just thinking through like this. The, I'm I'm taking this to the natural conclusion. So, I'm running Docker on Windows, uh-huh. and doc the Docker uh, Linux containers are running on WSL two. So those I'm running Docker containers now with like little to no penalty. And now in VS Code, I can attach and use those Docker containers as my development environment. So if I want to do like Python dev, I can connect to that Python container. Like this is awesome because now I have an isolated development environment where i can do the python development and install all those things and i can run on battery and not have a huge penalty like and you can do native linux dev without needing to run yeah like i can connect to the terminal and 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 yeah i mean it's it's like the best of everything oh yes yeah exactly (laughs) i'm biased wow (laughs) that's awesome what kind of support is there for linux gui applications because i believe i that there were some issues with that previously. Yeah, so um, we target the command line experience, obviously, because when you're in a Linux box doing dev work, you're mostly going to be in the command line. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we there are scenarios where you can use um, GUI applications. The catch is you need to use an X server. So we don't have one that we provide with WSL. You can go install. There's a bunch of open source ones, even on the Microsoft Store. You install them, um, and you basically run the X server. It'll run on Windows. And you'll connect to it. Um, so you need to do a little bit of bash work to point that X server to the right, basically point any uh, X11 app in Linux to the right X server. And then once you start it, you can run like the Unity desktop, the XFCE4 desktop, um, or like XIs if you want, like a bunch of X11 apps all through that. Okay. So it exists. We, we're looking at, we actually get a lot of requests to improve that experience um, for like GUI apps. Um, and it's, so maybe it's something that we should take a look more yeah, at. I was trying to, th- I was trying to think of like, why would anybody even try to do that? But I guess if you're trying to make a, a GUI app on Linux, um, then I guess it's useful. <laughs> well, I know that there's some tools that people use that are in Linux that have a GUI. Oh, that's and, a good point. Yeah. And, and, and they're still only the, on Linux. They're still developer tools or help yeah. with their system, but you know, it's, it's not something that there's, uh, you know, a good command line, uh, support for. No, that's really a good point. Raygun provides full-stack error, crash, and performance monitoring for tech teams. Whether you're a software engineer looking to diagnose and resolve issues with greater speed and accuracy, or you're just concerned you're losing customers to poor quality online experiences, Raygun can provide you with the answers. Get full-stack error and performance monitoring in one place. The next time you're struggling to replicate errors and performance issues in your code base, think Raygun. Head over to raygun.com. Get up and running within minutes dramatically improve the online experience of your users. You know, it, it sounds like this was probably a massive effort to to do all this work. So what were the, some of the challenges in actually making this happen? So I think the challenges for us um, were basically trying to, uh, we use a virtualization technology, right? And so 
you know, there's a reason that VMs are so isolated and uh, because that's the standard. And for us, it was trying to make everything connected. Um, WSL is a always has been and will be a really integrated experience. You can access your Windows files and you can run, uh, Windows executables from a bash shell. And so now that's running in a virtualized environment where everything before was on the Windows stack. Now we have a virtualized stack and the Windows stack. And so we've done some really interesting work to make them communicate with each other. For example, if you want to access your Windows files, we have a plan, uh, a 9P server inside of uh, Windows that serves those files to the Linux distribution. And in your Linux distro, we have a 9P server that serves those files back to Windows. So you can basically access both of those files from either operating system. Yeah, that was something we didn't ask was you know, around the <clears throat> accessing the files, but it sounds like there's uh, some magic there. And then I did want to ask, Carl, did you have any more questions about WSL2 specifically? No, I was okay. I, I'm really interested in your next question. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, well, I wanted, I wanted to ask about, uh, you know, there's also a new terminal that was announced. And by the way, there was like this really cool video that I oh, yes. was talking about. It's, it's like awesome. done in the style of the, the surface. So we'll put that in the show notes, but everybody has to look at that because it's just like, it's so over the top. It's just hilarious. Do you um, want an exclusive Easter egg in the video? Yes. I will give it an okay. MS Dev exclusive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you go at the end of the video yeah. and look at the, um, they have all of the different terminals throughout yep. the years in like a few seconds. Take a look at the username and they have like C users, whatever. Okay. Take a look at the usernames of those frames and, uh, okay. and I'll leave the rest. That's, okay. that's an Easter egg. Okay. Very cool. So we'll have all our listeners do that. <laughs> but anyway, so the, the new terminal looks amazing and obviously it's sort of tangentially related to WSL2. Um, so, you know, just like, can, can you give us a quick overview of the new terminal? Yeah. So the, obviously the, everything WSL you interact with, you interact through the terminal window, right? Mm-hmm. So, or windows console. Um, and it is awesome. The new experience has tabs. It has uh, acrylic background. You can change the background picture. Um, you can basically drag tabs around, close and move them, mm-hmm. um, and switch between them. So it's basically, and the best part is it's open source. Right. Yeah. That's so Pete, I already saw like a, a guy on my team already downloaded it yep. and, uh, he compiled it and he has it running. Um, and then it looks like you can have like each tab, like one could be running like PowerShell. Yeah. One could be like WSL and then command line. And so that's, that's super cool. I mean, it's just like, you can just like live in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing is that there are a bunch of different ways to interact with the command line in Windows. Yeah. Um, and so the terminal windows is a, the, your hub to interact with all that. So you can open up CMD in one tab, PowerShell, and then mm-hmm. WSL. You can open different flavors of WSL, like uh, Debian or Ubuntu, and have them all in oh, different tabs. Cool. So, yeah, it's really awesome. That is just wild. I mean, like, Docker enables, like, some of that functionality, too, and it just kind of blows my mind that I can be running, like, you know, virtualization back whenever that first came out, that blew my mind. <laughs> but it but there was, like, this, uh, you know, when virtualization came out, I remember, like, it moved the cursor and it would, like, it would, like, skip around. Like, it wouldn't follow. I mean, it was just, like, horrible technology in the beginning and then it got really good right um but there was you know there's always been like this like define your machine boot it up and then with containers you're just like give me an ubuntu and it's like downloading done run yes that's <laughs> just amazing that's the cool thing for wsl2 is you know we talked a lot about virtualization and how it works and yeah. that is how it works but it, you do not see it it's mm-hmm. not something you manage you don't ever have to be like is my vm running did i close that because we handle right. te- pull playing it up tearing it down all the memory all the disk storage it's something totally done behind the scenes yeah i love that i think that's pretty huge yeah so even though this is something that just got announced 
this week. Is there anything that you can share with us on some of your future plans? Yeah. So our top plans are to make uh, WSL2 feel exactly the same as WSL1. So that's really dependent on user feedback. Obviously, with such a big change behind the scenes, there's some differences. Um, for example, in WSL1, you can see what tasks are running inside of Task Manager. Um, and because that was running actually on the oh, Windows right, kernel, right. right? So it shows up. Yeah. Um, so that's probably harder now. That's harder. Yeah, that's harder. <laughs> that's something you would have to figure yeah. a way to implement, right? Yeah. Um, and so there are differences like that um, that we want to I didn't fix. even realize they did that. That's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And so we, we want to address those um, yeah. based on user feedback once people start using it. It'll be available at the end of June um, to Windows Insiders. And so we'll get user feedback, make that as, as seamless po as possible. So you, it's not clear whether you're running on WSL1 or WSL2. It should feel the same, except for the performance increase and the system compatibility, uh, full system call compatibility. So that means if it shows up in the task manager, you can do stuff like in PowerShell, like get process and right. be able to query for all of your Linux running processes. So that's yeah. really cool from yeah. an IT standpoint as well. I'm going to sound biased, but I mean, I am sitting here using a Mac. I like it, <laughs> in, in Windows now. I mean, I think that this is like, this is just really amazing i mean it seems like we're in like a totally different era of like developers and developer productivity it's really amazing like the only reason i'm still using this mac is because of the the track bar and i have like some wrist issues oh yes but like as soon as i find like a machine that you know windows machine that where i can overcome that issue yeah then um i that's really exciting to me it sounds like a way better environment for uh for docker and then like you know, the, the Mac was generally better for like Python and things like that, but like that's all gone now. I mean, it's right. totally gone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just incredible. So that's not a question, but it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then moving forward. So after we're, we're that's our top, top focus to make yeah. it right, address those, uh, that feedback. Mm -hmm. And then what's great is, as we said earlier, all those customer feedback that we got of the, Hey, in WSL1, the system call isn't working. We've, since we've addressed those, we still have some top customer asks, um, that we can now spend all of our dev time awesome. uh, focusing on um, when we're when we're working on WSL. Now I'm excited for build next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How are we going to top this? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, they're just going to keep on moving. So, you know, a, a few other questions that I, uh, popped up is you mentioned that you know you're shipping, you know, what kernel.org does, right? Um, so, what ki what kind of uh, time frame can people expect when they see something that happens new? there to when it gets shipped uh, in this product. Totally. So we um, use the long-term stable branch inside of kernel.org. Mm -hmm. So we're going to rebase our kernel to that. Um, we also have some local patches that we're going to put online, um, obviously open source on mm -hmm. GitHub. And this kernel will actually be serviced through Windows Update, which is funny. <laughs> you want to update your Linux kernel? Go to Windows Update. Um, nice. And then, so anytime there's a security event or anything like that, that gets serviced immediately uh, through Windows Update. So your kernel is still going to be secure. Um, and then um, major releases uh, to the Windows kernel or to the Linux kernel. Um, we'll also go through that same avenue. So we can assume that you know if there's a change within probably the next uh, like. Patch Tuesday time frame. Right. For security, yeah, I would follow that cadence. Um, for, for major changes, it would follow the, the Windows release cadence. Okay. Excellent. I'm just watching the video now. I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm like. I'm like. YouTube lets me slow it way down. Oh, so it's so good. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get to the the end here. So it's right at the end. It's right at the end. This is the Easter egg. Yeah. Yes. So they're flipping around, and then 
You should see C oh, users. So I see Rich Turn, Yoder. So are those the developers? Yeah, those are all the developers. Oh, that's cool. On the uh, terminal team. Because at first I saw it, I'm like, Yoder. I'm like, what does that mean? And then I d- I'm just like, oh, there's Rich Turner. Rich Turner, yeah. uh, Yosef <laughs> Durr, um, yeah. tons of others. Michael Nixa, Michael yeah. uh, Greasy, uh, Kayla Cinnamon. There's tons in there present there in the video that's really cool and i like how it goes through and shows all the different command lines throughout the years it's awesome of, of which i think i've used all of them so that is, <laughs> that is super cool um anything else that we missed that you wanted to make sure you talked about as far as wsl2 uh so the wsl2 right now it's huge buzz and it's awesome um for it our goal is for it to feel the exact same as wsl1 to make linux this this should be the best way for you to use linux um, in Windows. That's our goal, right, on the mm-hmm. WSL team. And so VS Code Remote is really awesome. Yeah. If you have not seen that, please check it out because you can use a full Linux development environment targeted yep. to WSL. So you can run uh, and debug like Python, Go language, C++, whatever else you might want, all in a Linux environment. Um, and ultimately, our goal with WSL2 is it's going to be just WSL in the future. Yeah. And um, I think if you're if you are developing for Linux, it is hilarious that I mean, it looks like Windows is is the best environment <laughs> to build Linux apps. Well, it yeah. was all those years, is this year going to be the year of... Uh, Linux you know, on the desktop? Yeah, yeah it yeah, is. Or, or desktop Linux. Now yeah. it's like Linux is in... Yeah, it's, yeah. now it's, it's happened. It's real Linux on the desktop. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. So um, where can people find you? So you can find me. I'm at Twitter at Craig A. Lowen. So C-R-A-I-G-A-L-O-E-W-E-N. Um, and also you can find everything WSL related and terminal related at the command line blog. So okay. that's aka.ms slash CLI blog. Oh, perfect. That's nice and simple. Uh, so Craig, thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us about WSL2 and then obviously a little bit about the terminal as well. It's great stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. <laughs>